Humboldt Last Week is Humboldt County's news podcast at HumboldtLastWeek.com anytime. I appreciate these sponsors. Please support this show by taking in their messages at the end of this show. That's North Coast Co-op, Brick and Fire Bistro, Bongo Boy Studio, Still and Eureka, NCJ, and Photography by Shy. Here we go. Flights between Humboldt County and Los Angeles are set to resume on July 6th. An aviation rep said a major upside to this is the shipment of medical supplies. Same time, our health officer is saying we should limit our travel in and out of Humboldt. A kayaker is missing as of this report out of Trinidad Harbor. When the Coast Guard and other agencies were looking for him, his life jacket and kayak were found. After about 20 hours, the Coast Guard suspended their search for him. The missing kayaker is 19-year-old Nicholas Brunner of McKinleyville. I'm thinking about his family and friends. Checking the AP, some salons in the state are looking like they can open as early as the 19th. News for people that feel comfy at this point going in for a new tattoo, a manicure, or a massage. Workers and customers do have to wear masks. We'll see how this statewide allowance impacts Humboldt. PG&E says most of Humboldt is safe from most of those power shutoffs. The power company has been using the shutoffs or PSPSs to prevent wildfires, but to the dismay of many, Humboldt should not have been involved as our populated coastal areas typically don't have fire-prone weather. On top of that, the company once had the capability to run the Humboldt Bay power plant in island mode to power much of Humboldt when disconnected to the typical grid, but unfortunately, PG&E did not invest in keeping that capability until now, officially. Here's a quote from PG&E. As soon as the last PSPS event of 2019 ended, we set the goal to complete direct local powering capabilities before this next wildfire season. The team worked on air permitting, design changes, and testing activities to reach this goal. So again, it looks like most of Humboldt will be spared from most future PSPS power shutoffs by PG&E. McKinleyville City? Once again, the idea is being discussed that McKinleyville could be an actual city rather than a municipality, meaning it could have its own police department, planning department, city council, etc. For now, the county is collecting data in consideration of the idea. It's pretty rare. I saw on the Time Standard it's been decades since a new city was last incorporated in California. Meanwhile, the 15,000 or so folks from McKinleyville will have to remain calling their home a census-designated place. I'm sure that's what they call it. A band from Lil' Eureka got worldwide attention in the music world with the release of their first studio recording in over two decades. Mr. Bungle covered a punk song called USA by The Exploited. All proceeds are going to coronavirus relief efforts. As you likely know, the band is fronted by Mike Patton of Faith No More, and then there's Trevor Dunn on the bass and Trey Spruance on guitar, all fellows from Eureka, and they recently got a lot of attention for reuniting. Mr. Bungle's cover of USA is a taste of their first recording since their 1999 LP, California. NME reports band reps saying, quote, doesn't matter what part of the political spectrum you are on, everyone at some point has said, f*** the USA. 
Another rep added, over 100,000 U.S. citizens are dead from the pandemic. At the same time, protective masks have turned into a political football, and no one has a grasp on testing. Racism continues to rear its ugly head. Police brutality spikes, unemployment spikes, depression spikes, and our ego-driven elected officials don't seem to care. We need to do a better job of looking out for each other. Again, for the single USA, Mr. Bungle, donating proceeds to coronavirus relief efforts. Eureka Export Sarah Bareilles, Grammy-winning music and musical star, does have an upcoming TV show debuting July 10th, Little Voice. But also, she signed on to be a songwriter for another TV show. That would be the new Apple TV Plus show Central Park, out now. It's a musical animated sitcom with a greedy land developer as an antagonist. Josh Gad, Kristen Bell, and more star in the show. Sarah Bareilles wrote the song Weirdos Make Great Superheroes for Episode 2. Of course, Sarah Bareilles, Fiona Apple, Cindy Lauper, and more wrote music for this program. That's Eureka Export Sarah Bareilles contributing to another new TV show, Central Park. Fast food update for Eureka, this one involving fried chicken. Construction has begun on KFC in Eureka near the bowling alley. Redwood News had the first update as construction started. When HSU does well, Humboldt's economy does well. And while things have been pretty tough for the university, a huge upside is still happening this year. Humboldt State University's nursing programs are still launching this fall, and they're now accepting applications for an online and in-person blend of learning during the pandemic. Could be good for the school, and it could be a great improvement for local health care. Completion in 21 months if you're part-time. Or about a year for full-time students. That's great. HSU Nursing News worth a smile. Humboldt State University's police chief retired. One of Don Peterson's notable programs offered students uniformed escorts if they didn't feel comfy walking alone at night. And another involved more communication. You also may remember seeing reports that Don lost the confidence of his staff and was being investigated for saying racist things, which he strongly denied, saying he'd worked to stamp out sexism and homophobia in the department. The results of an investigation into those allegations are forthcoming still, even though he's retiring. That is Don Peterson, HSU's police chief for about the last five years. A possible serial killer in the making was how Eureka Police Chief Steve Watson described Wesley Starrett, the young man accused of stabbing an 84-year-old man to death in his home along Campton Road in Eureka. The suspect, Starrett, is also accused of recent stabbings in the Cooper Gulch and Holly Street areas of Eureka. He was additionally convicted of a stabbing in 2018. Another note Kim Kemp pulled from Chief Watson in her coverage It appears his motive in these crimes may have been simply to kill. My main story from the last episode was about Michael Bear Carson, who, with his wife in the 80s, went on a killing spree. They called themselves the Witch Killers. The Carsons lived in Alder Point in the early 80s, and while there, claimed one of their victims. Michael was denied early release from prison recently. I asked listeners in that episode if they remembered interacting with the Carsons some replies. I once gave them a ride while they were hitchhiking. Yikes, they said. Others claimed to have been in jail at the same time as them and described odd behaviors. 
Anyway, it was an interesting episode. Go back and check it out. The serial killers who helped Rancho Sequoia earn the term Murder Mountain, Michael Bear Carson and Suzanne Carson. Humboldt County's only convicted sex trafficker had an additional sex trafficking charge thrown out. Still, after his preliminary hearing, David Bernard Anderson II will still stand trial in the drugging and raping of a 16-year-old girl in 2008. Interestingly, the North Coast Journal wondered if it was a privacy concern in open court sharing identifying info about the victim. You could read that. Again, the victim was just 16 at the time of the alleged crime. That said, privacy protection like that has to be requested by the victims, and in this case, it was not. Either way, Anderson's lawyer is alleging Facebook messages indicate the victim stole weed from Anderson, and she denied being raped by him. But again, he is facing charges of drugging and raping this girl. His next court appearance is June 25th. A seminal coach at Humboldt State University, the winningest coach at Humboldt State University, Frank Cheek, passed away. The San Francisco Chronicle even got in on honoring the Hall of Fame fellow who spent decades in Arcata coaching wrestling and softball. In softball, he coached national champs in 1999 and 2008, and he coached several nationally ranked teams in both wrestling and softball. The talented Frank Cheek lived to the age of 82, and in the words of John Wooden, A good coach can change a game. A great coach can change a life. It's coming up June 19th. Juneteenth commemorates the end of slavery in the United States and empowers people of color. And to celebrate locally, Black Humble and Eureka NAACP are hosting an online celebration starting at noon on the 19th. All the details are at blackhumboldt.com. And Lorna Bryant, she's a friend of mine, a former classmate at Humboldt State University, and she's going to DJ under her L Boogie moniker for Juneteenth. Lorna, hi. Hey, Miles. How are you? It's good to talk to you, Lorna. It's been too long. Absolutely. And I'd like to clarify one thing. The Emancipation Proclamation was signed into law, but it wasn't until two years later on June 19th that... Uh, some southern states got the word that they had been free for two years. So that is commemorating the day that, uh, like the state of Texas, for instance, yeah, got I'd, the word. I had spent a lot of time in Galveston um, as a kid, and I was I was surprised to read that that was the last place. It sat with me in an odd way. Especially uh, in the current time we're living in right now this very moment in history. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I was going to ask you, what does Juneteenth really mean to you personally? And then, you know, of course, also what's in store for the event? I've really embraced it myself as uh, a day that I acknowledge uh, the actual freedom of my people. I know there are some spoken word artists performing. I know there are uh, live um, Singers performing, uh, so there will be live performances in that realm. I believe there are a few other DJs as well. And, you know, over the last month or so, our nation's spirit has been broken. In the last few weeks, specifically in the uh, murder of George Floyd, uh, the murder of Ahmaud Aubrey, that was finally brought some inkling of justice and the murder of Breonna Taylor. So, you know, this whole nation is is hurting right now. 
The economy is hurting right now. The nation is hurting with the global pandemic. So we really, really need some joy. And music is that great equalizer to, to bring people joy. Yeah, I mean, I'm just checking out this poster at blackhumboldt.com. You know, it's like we're going to gain some history. We're going to gain some education, hopefully, some perspective, obviously some respect. And then so I wanted to ask you, I'm a white guy with a little bit of Spanish blood. But, you know, I think there's a lot of us here that want to be a part of the solution. And something I've been thinking about a lot is encouraging more of a willingness to call out poor behavior whenever you see it. Um, What are some other things that Humboldt County can do to support people of color? So what what I've been seeing over the last two weeks, now you believe us? And that's that's what I have felt. You know, when um, when blacks speak out against systematic racism, when blacks speak out against uh, police brutality, when we speak out about the injustice that we receive on a daily basis, it's usually diminished or invalidated by, oh no, maybe you're just being a little too sensitive. When we speak it, listen and acknowledge and take it for truth. That's 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 the key. And just as you said, if you um, if you see bad behavior, Speak on it, address it head on, provided you're in a safe space to do so. There's a lot of people out there that, unfortunately, and they don't they don't want to say it, but they probably have family members that exhibit this poor behavior. And I've been thinking about it a lot, and I used to want to just delete all those people. Uh, but what if what if there's a way that I could reach out to them in some way, shape, or form and change their perspective in some little way? And I feel like that's how you do it, right? Is, you know, at the at the very root of this, you have to be able to change some people's minds. If you have the emotional capacity to do it. We're exhausted. We are exhausted. I have had the most exhausting last couple of months with COVID and then just this racial boil coming to a head in our country. We are tired. And, you know, there's a fine line between, hey, what can I do to support you? How can I help you to um, tell me how to do it? And we can't educate you. Now is the time for you to educate yourself, to go to the library, virtually, I guess, (laughs) to go to the Internet. And, you know, there are lots of... um, resources out there that will point you um, point you in the right direction yeah step one uh join juneteenth coming up absolutely so you know thinking about a handful of recent instances in humboldt you know we had the roofer wearing a racist shirt at a business meeting you had hsu students saying the n-word in a video there was a lady at a gas station throwing a little racism into her tantrum Uh, We had this ICE video that's going around from Arcata High students. Whenever you look at how the majority of Humboldt County votes, would you say that a majority of Humboldt looks at those people as an embarrassment? It depends on what community you're looking at in Humboldt County. A beautiful thing that I recently saw was the mayor of Fortuna 
who um, stood behind and supported a Black Lives Matter protest taking place in her city. And she stated publicly that she received messages from a community member saying that it was going to destroy the city and there was going to be damage and destruction. And she was sad that there wasn't a single city council member there, but she was happy to see a beautiful, peaceful, uh, positive event that took place. And that's what it's about, stepping out on faith, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, um, making yourself vulnerable and uncomfortable for the betterment of our, our community and our society. I think that um, Mike, I don't, I don't know his last name. He's one of the Fortuna City Council members, but he was at one of the uh, Black Lives Matter get-togethers here in Fortuna. I, I could uh-huh. be wrong on that, but um, but yes, absolutely amazing that Sue um, showed up to that and anybody else that's stepping up whenever it is hard to do so. And, you know, I've right. got to ask you, Lorna, you, whenever people say Black Lives Matter and in response in some of these communities, some of these zip codes like you were talking about, they say all lives matter. How does that sit with you? How does how do you hear that? The best analogy that I have heard to date is someone saying, we have to fight cancer, we have to fight cancer. And someone grabs the mic and says, okay, but what about fibromyalgia? And what about some other disease? It's never diminishing others, but right now we're focusing on cancer. And the racism, the systematic racism that blacks have encountered for 401 years in this country is a cancer and now we're addressing the unfortunate and violent death of George Floyd was just a unique boiling point. I I don't know why Memorial Day 2020 was the breaking point for this country. We've heard Black Lives Matter being chanted for four or five years now. But now you have the entire United States, every state in our nation is protesting. I read something just yesterday. It was basically a a rundown of everything that's gone on in 2020, starting with Kobe Bryant's death to murder hornets. And the statement was, if you have North Dakota and South Dakota shouting Black Lives Matter, we've gotten your attention now. Yeah, that's real. That That is real. I mean, I, I've seen uh, photos of, of protests in Portland, Maine. Now, I, I know we only make up roughly about 2% of the population here in Humboldt County. I could only imagine what the state population of black Americans in, in Humboldt, in, in, in Maine, what that is. So it's, it's wild. It's pretty amazing. So you mentioned, why was it um, Memorial day 2020? And interestingly enough, I was just watching a documentary on the LA riots of 92 about Rodney King. Mm -hmm. And that was three years into a presidency that wasn't very popular. Mm-hmm. and right around the same month. And then change 
happened that year. There was a, you know, there was a new person elected that year. Does history repeat itself? I guess that's, we have yet to see. The Rodney King fallout and uprising occurred. Um, that was April 29th, 1992. I remember vividly. I remember fires in my own community around me. I remember cleaning up in the aftermath and volunteering. But this feels so much different. Rodney King didn't touch the globe. Yeah. It's remarkable. Protests all around the globe. And how do you feel people should be protesting, Lorna? How should people be protesting the treatment of people of color? Through the change of systems that never make the playing field level. The dismantling of some of the racist systems that go on at Humboldt State University. That's an institution of higher learning. We're both a part of that system. That's where we met. And I can think of many instances of, of racism and bias and um, bigotry that's taken place on that campus from students, from the student level, all the way up to administration turning their backs on on complaints, ignoring abuse of people and abuse of power, and you know, maybe uh, making some mandatory courses in race relations of some sort and making it mandatory for students, all students. We're on native land here, and I didn't know that when I first attended Humboldt State in 1986. I didn't know I was on Wiat land. Yeah. I had no idea. I know now. But why shouldn't that be addressed and honored and respected from the moment you walk through those, um, those gates that are problematic as well? <laughs> that are, <laughs> pr that are prone to vehicles driving through them? <laughs> and yeah. Maybe, and maybe the Kool-Aid guy? Uh, exactly. Exactly. Those students that were just seen in that video repeating the N-word, should they be expelled? They should be expelled from the CSU system. This is one of those offenses. I don't think they're lacking in any evidence. So, Who is watching the administrative body that makes these decisions that don't seem to be fair and balanced? It's a good question. Yeah. I, I don't have the answer for it, and I'm sure the university doesn't either because they're part of the problem. More oversight. It's always, I mean, it's a, it's a soundbite, but more oversight for sure. Absolutely. Speaking of oversight, um, when Chief Andy Mills was in our community, he did have a, a chief's advisory board. I don't know if that still exists, but who polices the police? Um, we still have uh, an unsolved murder of David Josiah Lawson that occurred over three years ago. There was just a documentary that aired um, a few days ago from uh, Investigation Discovery Channel, and it just uncovers the blatant mishandling and boggling of that case. So the person who actually murdered Josiah and the police department, they're just as responsible for his death. Yeah, well, my only issue is like, we want more oversight. 
And essentially, we got it in that case uh, because we got a civil grand jury to look at it. But I don't know if the correct call was made there. And I can't know because I I wasn't there. Do you understand how grand juries work? They're supposed to be selected to be impartial, yeah? The trick is, you know, we didn't understand how Mike Brown's murder got away with murder. And it's all in the in the presentation of the case. So a grand jury is given a specific question. And if you cannot be unanimous in that question, you get away. I mean, you, you walk free. The grand jury in, Humble, in, in Josiah Lawson's case, as it was stated in this uh, documentary that just aired, was, was Josiah murdered in uh, self-defense? Or was his murder a, uh, a self-defense case? I, I think it was something to that. And they couldn't agree on that. Now, had the grand jury presented the question, was Josiah Lawson murdered at the hands of Kyle Zollner, we probably would have gotten a different result. But that was not the question that was presented to the jurors. It always does depend on how the question is asked. Absolutely. We took logic class at Humboldt State University, and that's one of the fallacies, right, is is a leading question. Absolutely. Absolutely. I made a mistake earlier. I called it a civil grand jury. I meant criminal. (laughs) Yes. um, So what is the biggest obstacle, Lorna, that stands in the way of black lives and people of color lives mattering in Humboldt County? What is the biggest obstacle that's in the way? Acknowledgement. You know, it's time to level that playing field so that we can maybe one day say, yes, all lives do matter equally. Right now, we're not there. Where do you sit on looting and destruction of property? Minimum wage wouldn't occur without rioting and looting. How many years ago was that? That was before our time. Mm-hmm. The right to vote wouldn't take place without rioting and looting. There are certain things that have happened in our country well beyond our time and had nothing to do with race that didn't move forward without civil unrest. Civil Rights Act of 1964 would not have passed without the nudging of civil unrest. So our country has grown and improved on civil unrest, and it hasn't been black faces all of the time destroying uh, property and uh, livelihoods in, in the midst of that. Let's think about the Boston Tea Party. Hmm. That was a civil unrest. Absolutely. We've rebelled before. Absolutely. Well, Lorna, um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap up here? Let's have a little joy on June 19th. Let's have open hearts, open ears, open minds, and educate each other, ourselves, and enrich the lives of ourselves and our community. That's what I'm looking forward to, and I invite us all to attend. Game on. That is Lorna Bryant, DJ L Boogie. She's performing at Juneteenth. Um, that's blackhumboldt.com to get a hold of it on the 19th at noon, and all of the uh, social media handles to watch are right there. Thanks again, Lorna. And it is virtual. 
Thank you, Miles. I appreciate these sponsors for making Humboldt Last Week possible. Brick and Fire Bistro and Eureka. Now open for dine-in and carry-out. Check their social media for hours. The menu entices before we arrive at brickandfirebistro.com. Bongo Boy Studio. Creatives are now conducting safe recording sessions with ultra-clean equipment and no entourages for now. Check out the high-end equipment at bongoboystudio.com. Still in Eureka, Humboldt's finest head shop and culture store. Follow them on Instagram at Still Clubhouse and Still Humboldt. North Coast Journal award-winning in-depth reporting. Keep up with the latest at northcoastjournal.com. Photography by Shy, spell it S-H-I, portraits just right. Keep her in mind for your next photo session. Learn more at photographybyshy.com. And North Coast Co-op, open every day 9 to 7 with reserved shopping hours for seniors, pregnant, and immunocompromised shoppers every day, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. That's North Coast Co-op in Eureka and Arcata. Also, don't forget to check out Humboldt Fresh Finds, Saturday nights, 7 to 8 p.m. on 99.1 KISS FM. Addictive new music and positive culture from the Redwoods and beyond. Again, 99.1 KISS FM, Saturday nights, 7 to 8 p.m. You can also find a link at HumboldtLastWeek.com at that time. Humboldt Last Week is also shared by Kim Kemp's Redheaded Black Belt, the North Coast Journal's homepage online, and partially on 99.1 KISS FM on Mondays. My name is Miles Cochran. Don't be shy to get in touch about news, a song you like, or something positive. Be well, and I'll talk to you again soon.